<clears throat> hear ye, hear ye, the dishonorable widow Abigail will now speak. Attention all weirdos, losers, rednecks, white trash, aliens, outcasts, outliers, sluts, whores, gangsters, thugs, poors, and anyone else who the world and society don't care about. I have a podcast for you. Come join me at the Manic Pixie Weirdo where we talk about all the different kinds of relationships we have in our lives. From movies to math and suicide hotlines to sex. Join us every Saturday for a new episode featuring yours truly and other smarter folk. We need you and we want you with us. So come join us at the Manic Pixie Weirdo, where we accept, respect, and value you. Listen on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh yeah, be kind and stay weird. Scare of Control, this is TK226. Come in, Scare of Control. Hello there. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another Quick Cuts episode. And uh, Shanti, let's remind the folks and tell them what the hell we're talking about. What is a Quick Cuts episode? Well, our Quick Cuts is normally a little shorter version, like a mini version of our uh, normal Scarif Scuttlebutt uh, podcast episode. And we just, you know, had a nice little fun topic with a supporter of ours, a friend of mine named Nick. We're going to talk about classic movies being released in theaters again back in theaters nick thank you for joining us on this quick cuts episode how you doing tonight i'm doing good man thank you guys for having me on absolutely so nick what kind of nerd are you or are you a geek or are you a nerd explain to uh, me explain to us your fandom so i am a uh film i guess geek or dweeb maybe Is oh that's that, yeah that that a long time right nice. <laughs> um but I also like sports, so I know like I like all the nerdy stuff of both, like stats and sports, and then just movies. So, uh, but actually, it's it's funny as big of a movie nerd as I am, I'm was very late to the Star Wars party, so I feel oh. like that upped my nerd status more for movies when then I started watching Lord of the Rings, like all of them. So I'm like, okay, now I'm like a more well rounded nerd <laughs> as opposed to like just the nerd column I was in before that. So like a fair weather nerd. There you go. Yeah. But more <laughs> like one who just had one eye open was like, now I could see out of both eyes. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to get, uh, you got to open your eyes and see what it's all about. But uh, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we have a fun topic for this uh, edition of quick cuts and um, yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Um, I also want to warn you guys that I have put together a list of five questions. Um, some of our longer shows, we do an ep- we do a, a segment called Sentry Mode, and that is basically I fire away some questions, and you guys get to answer them. Um, tonight's topic is like Shanti said, um, old classic movies back in the theater being released, and uh, we're going to talk about how we feel about that and um, why it's cool. Why uh, you know a while ago we had done an episode on the movie experience with Andre from Backseat Directors um, that account. Um, please go check that out. But um, this is a little different because uh, lately we've been seeing a resurgence of classic movies coming back to the big screen. And after you know we are post COVID, you know there's still some stuff happening, but. 
um, the movie theaters were very much in danger of closing. And Shanti, you and I talk about this all the time. We really, really love that movie experience. Something about getting into a theater, sitting down with a whole bunch of strangers and just experiencing. It's kind of like a religious experience for us. And and, um, the fact that movies are coming back um, brings joy to our hearts, doesn't it, Shanti? Yes, it does. Uh, other than Disney World, the theater is my home away from home. So I was actually having a conversation about this not too long ago with our uh, favorite Sith Care Bear, Josh, that when the pandemic first hit in 2020, and I actually braved it and went to the mall that had an AMC theater in it, seeing all the kiosks shut down with signs on them and seeing, you know, the gate closed and the lights turned off in the in the lobby area in the concession stand area like i am not joking i literally teared up it took everything in me not to have a full-on cry fest in the middle of the mall and it just made me so sad because there is nothing like the movie theater experience uh yeah i was uh i was pretty nervous nick what do you think about heading over to the movie and getting your popcorn sitting down in the uh crowded theater what what's your experience like for that yeah, I'm right there with you guys. It is kind of like, um, depending on the movie, it's um, it's almost like a religious experience, uh, especially like a Marvel or a Star Wars, anything where there's a passionate fan base. But then it's also great just when you randomly go to like a comedy that maybe you don't have a ton of expectation for, and it's just different watching it in a theater and everyone's laughing at jokes. You also miss some stuff sometimes, which is actually kind of fun because it means you were laughing so much that you're like oh man i missed something now when i watch it again i'll see what i what i missed but yeah during 2020 it was bizarre i live really close to the theater i that we usually go to and it's like man it was sad it looked like a uh like a spirit halloween <laughs> but oh, yeah it's depressing <laughs> it was it was so depressing to be like man there hasn't been a movie there and i the first one i went back to see was nobody with bob odenkirk which was awesome but it was like so it was weird having gone like a year and a half without going to the theater and then going to one where everyone's still like, ah, you know, do you wear your mask inside? Do you not like everyone's trying to not sit close, but you also have like the better seats. So you're like, well, you're going to have people in your row. So, yeah, it was it was weird. It seems to get way more normal now, which is nice. But, yeah, no, it's hands down. I'd much rather go to a to a movie theater to see. A movie then just watch it at home though i do have two kids so it also depends on the movie now i gotta get, I get a little more pickier and choosy but but yeah no it nothing beats it it's it's yeah. i feel like we should have to get dressed up to go to the movies now I like know. you would to go to theater or the opera right. <laughs> so i think people used to do that right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. We are recording tonight, August 24th. And um, right on the cusp of uh, one of our favorite movies being re-released in theaters for promotional uh, value, I guess. Um, Rogue One is coming back to the big screen. And uh, we are very excited. But, you know, I started uh, noticing that there were a lot of other films that are coming back out. You've got uh, Jaws that was coming out. I think Back to the Future. You've got uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Mm -hmm. Um, Avatar is being Um, re-released. Nice 
nice little uh, tongue there, Shanti. But yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, my thoughts Such exactly. A hater. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all these movies, and I, you know, those are some of the modern movies. I would love to have, you know, some of the older movies, like you know, Shanti. We just did a, a, a Black Hole um, episode. We yes. talked about Disney's Black Hole. That would be another great movie to see on the big screen. I think that would be really great. But um, so what's going on with Hollywood? What do you uh, we'll start with Nick, because I want to ask you, Nick, um, what you think about these old movies coming back to the big screen and uh, what's going on there? Yeah. So I, I think part of it is timing. Like right now, at least since I've been following movies more like, OK, how does a release schedule work as I've gotten older and started to realize like, OK, there's always like a downtime, which it's usually like late January to like February is usually like a slower movie time. And then for whatever reason, August to like mid September could be very scarce in terms of like really big movies. So it kind of makes sense that right now it's, you know, with Andor starting up in a few weeks, which, which even though it's been kind of a sleeper hit, it's going to be a big hit at star Wars, but re-releasing rogue one. That's awesome. Uh, Cause there's probably a lot of people who saw it. Obviously it came out, you know, five years ago, but maybe didn't see it in IMAX, which is a whole different experience. Uh, I just got tickets today to go see Jaws, which is one of my all-time favorite movies in IMAX. So very excited for that. Um, it, it, But it does seem like there isn't as much a rhyme or reason to which movies they're picking. They're just like, well, we'll throw in some classics and like, hey, I'm all for it. Uh, but the, the question uh, that me and Shanti talked about a little bit that I posted on Twitter was like, you know, like what movies would you want to see? My thing is I, I really wish they would do the original Star Wars trilogy, but the original cuts. I would love to see some of these old movies that you can't find like the original cuts of anymore because they've either been upgraded so much that you just can't find the copies or like Star Wars, I don't think they make them unless you have like the VHS tapes. But I haven't God, maybe I've seen them like when I was like three or four, but I haven't watched like an original cut of a Star Wars movie in my lifetime. So I would love to be like to go in and I would sit through three of them in a row. The original trilogy, I'd love to see it without, you know, all the added stuff and all the upgrades. Like, I just want to see what it looked like if you would have saw it in a theater in 1977. Mm-hmm. Back in 1977. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was. Um, it cost three bucks to get like four tickets. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Too funny. Yeah. Um, you know, I must have every incarnation of the original trilogy on every format. I've got the laser disc, the VHS, um, all all sorts of uh, formats. And um, yeah, yeah, they're they're slightly different, obviously. And I, I think I've heard George say. Um, that um, he no longer considers those original ones, um, you know, um, I guess the, the, the versions that, uh, that he likes to, to release or watch or whatever um, for, for, you know, for many reasons. I know he worked on uh, the special editions, which um, has its fans and has its detractors, um, but it all, you know, it all depends. I think each one has, uh, its own merits when it comes to the special editions, but, um, yeah, uh, nobody, nobody was brave enough to tell George, Hey George, maybe knock it off a little bit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, he's the best example and Hey, all the credit to the world to George Lucas. I won't get on that much of a tangent, but he is a great example of like the, the Jurassic Park scene of Jeff Goldblum saying, you know, you you 
spent all this time wondering right. if you could, you never stopped to think if you should. Right. And I think so many times with his uh, stuff, it's like, it was so good. Just leave it alone. And it's like, well, no, I'm going to tinker with it again. And it's like, you know, you don't need to add that extra stuff again. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I'm some purist of movies, but there is something cool about seeing like, Hey, here's what it looked like when you didn't have the technology to do what you wanted in your head. And it turned out great. Like, yeah, sure. you know, so it would be cool. But again, doesn't take away from the movie. I just, for me personally, it'd be cool to get to see like an original yeah. cut of them without them all, you know, dialed up the way they are now. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure he'll do it again in like 10 years where he'll be like, wait, I added some more stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that's a sticky situation too. Cause start the original trilogy, even the audio was messed with um, almost yeah. every few months because they really weren't finished with the audio mix, especially the, um, um, you know, the multi-channel mix, there's, uh, I remember sometimes hearing certain things in, in one version and then not hearing something in the background in another version is just so odd. Um, you know, that, uh, that first movie in particular, obviously, because they were so, you know, rushing and, and it was, you know, it was obviously new, uh, mm-hmm. but getting back to your original question, what kind of classic films would you like to see? Um, Shanti, we always talk about movies all the time with, uh, with some of, uh, the other followers that we have and, uh, our red five family, but, uh, what kind of classic movies would you love to see on the big screen? Well, I've been very lucky because I'm such a movie theater junkie. So every time, you know, I, I've been on Fandango probably since like 2012. So I always get like the fathom alerts and things oh, like that right. when they're yeah. doing special nice. events. So I've already have had the pleasure of seeing the Wizard of Oz and oh, wow. gone with the wind in the theater when they were having um, their anniversary since they came out in 39. So I think they just had their like, what was it, 90th anniversary or something like that. Jeez. Um, wow. My sister and I and my mom, we actually also had the pleasure of, ooh, this must have been just a little over 10 years ago. I think Rear Window was also celebrating an anniversary, and I love Hitchcock, and and so we got to go see that. So again, it's it's all about the experience, the collective experience, so being able to share that with my sister and my mom, knowing that we both love that movie and being able to see that on the big screen. But for me... Um, oh, Stripes is another one that I saw last year and I was literally the only one in the auditorium. Oh, so. that's such a good movie though. I know, but again, that's also probably the reason why this doesn't happen very often is because I'm sure there's just not enough money in sure. it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But as a horror fan, um, I love The Exorcist. The Exorcist is my absolute favorite horror movie of all time. So that's one that I've actually have never seen. I'm not even sure if it's ever been re-released. I'm sure it has, but that's definitely one that I would love to catch in the theater because it is really different when you're watching horror in the comfort of your own home and the lights are all on and this and that. So to be able to see that, that, (laughs) to be able to see that movie with big screen and all the lights down and that sound system, you know, that I, I would just love to see that. Well, and it's funny you you mentioned Hitchcock movies. Like that's a director whose movies are really meant to see with mm-hmm. people at a big screen. But like that's back when marketing a movie was like, "Hey, you're going to be so terrified during my movie, but don't right. leave." And like mm-hmm. you know, don't like it was. It, talk about how different it is now, where like 
movies you just have to stay off twitter if it's a movie you don't want spoiled within the right. first two days if you're not going to see it whereas like back then they're like well we're going to play this movie in like 20 theaters through the u.s right. so you either have to drive to chicago new york you know hollywood to go see these movies but right yeah that i've never i think the oldest movie i've seen man i don't i I don't know. I think it hasn't gone earlier than the 80s because they just haven't played out by me. I did see a Chaplin movie, but oh, that was nice. in like, yeah, that was cool. But that was in a the Gene Siskel Theater down okay. in Chicago. Um, so that was like a smaller theater. But mm-hmm. like that would be cool to see like Psycho or, you know, like you said, Rear Window. That's a really yeah. good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I saw Empire Strikes Back for its 40th anniversary. So I actually braved oh, cool. it during the pandemic in 2020 to go see that. And those are the other two that I'd like to see. I've never seen A New Hope and I've never had the privilege of seeing Return of the Jedi on the big screen. So those are definitely two that I would love to venture into the theater for. Yeah, I never got to see Return of the Jedi on the big screen um, because the day it opened, I had stupid piano lessons. What? My mom wouldn't <laughs> let me go. Yeah. How? Dare she? You mentioned Hitchcock, and yeah, I mean, back then, I mean, I think it was a standing order that uh, you couldn't get to the theater uh, late. Once you got in, they they closed the doors, you watch the movie, you get the the bejesus scared out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, classic films are great on the big screen. Um, Benchmark films, uh, films that made some sort of cinematic history. Um, You know, you talk about, uh, you know, you mentioned Hitchcock. I mean, which Hitchcock movie would you not like to see in the theater? Um, Absolutely. But um, yeah, those, um, those types of movies would be great because they... I don't know. They lend themselves, especially when you're watching it in a group, they lend themselves to, um, I don't know, uh, just something special, just being, having been able to experience it, uh, with other people. And it's a great way also to maybe catch up on something that you didn't get a chance to see. Maybe you were around at the time, but you just never had any interest. Like for instance, which I can't even believe this is going to come out of my mouth. My mom (laughs) had never seen Jurassic Park. Oh, wow. The first one. Never had seen it. And when they were celebrating it's like 20th or 25th anniversary or something like that, I can't remember what it was. I said to my mom, oh, I said, I'm buying the tickets and we're going. Yeah, yeah. And we went and she she loved it. She was like, oh, my God, this is such a great movie. My dad swears they saw it in the theater. And she's like, no, my memory is way better than your father's. She's like, I know I didn't see this in the theater. And she ended up really liking it. So forget even not having been born maybe at the time that these movies came out just missing the boat yeah yeah no that's yeah that's the thing like you said there could be so many different reasons why you missed that i actually i think jurassic park so i'm gonna be 33 in november so i was like four when that movie came out but i remember going to a drive-in to see that and casper the friendly ghost it was like a double feature (laughs) and it was terrifying though because the the behind the screen was tre- you guys don't see me right now but I'm putting my <laughs> hands up as if I I'm I'm so Italian when it comes to telling stories I always have to use my head but there was like uh, a forest behind the <laughs> behind oh, the, the screen so when the T Rex came like bursting through those trees oh, oh, that it scared the shit out of me as a kid because awesome. I was like oh my god yeah it was cool but 
that was one I, we actually, we saw that the, like two weeks before my first son was born for the 25th anniversary of it. And that was cool seeing, I have like a, you have like your bucket list movies. Like even it's, it's, it is funny. Like, you know, I just going to go see jaws next week. And I'm like, it's funny to have to pay money to go see a movie that I've seen so many times and owned so many versions of, but I'm like, I've never seen on the big screen. That's special to me. It's, it's, it's such a cool experience, but it's like going to, I've been to a thousand Cubs games. I would still go to another one though. It's just different when you get to see the things you love up close in person. Yeah, and I'm Absolutely. in the same boat as you at Jurassic Park. I'm only three years older than you, so it wasn't just a treat for my mom. It was a treat for me, too. I didn't get to see the first Jurassic Park in theater, so it was awesome for me. And I mean, seeing a, a giant times. Jeff Goldblum shirtless, yeah. you know, that's, that's your mom's that. probably like, wait, I've waited this oh, long to see that scene? And she's in love with Jeff Goldblum, so it was <laughs> great time yeah. for her. But yeah, it's kind of bogus nowadays where we're watching movies on a four and a half inch screen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a such a bummer. Yeah, Maybe get back you to do the that, but I don't do that. <laughs> get back to the theaters, you bums. What about you, Rel? What about you? Are there any movies that maybe, I mean, I know you're a little older than us, but is there anything that you weren't around for? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I wasn't, I'm not that old to have seen a, a Hitchcock movie in the, in the theater. Exactly, right. <laughs> but, right. Um, you know, there's a lot of... You know, I, I really do like the Hitchcock movies. I would love to see uh, Psycho in the theater. Um, Rear Window, what an awesome experience you must have had with, with that. Um, the birds. Oh, yeah. Like I said, oh, you can't sound? go wrong. Yeah. That would be epic in the theater. You know, it'd be great. I, I think um, you mentioned horror, and I know, you know, we're all into sci-fi and stuff like that, but horror is a genre that really belongs in the theater, like you said. Mm-hmm. I would love to watch the Amityville horror um, oh. on the big oh, screen. Yeah. Yes. So obviously, yes. you know, movies like Poltergeist and things like that, but oh. Amityville horror. I think um, the original Halloween, 78, yeah, would yeah, be really cool. Yeah, because yeah. horror plays so much on your senses. So to right. be in the theater with the big surround sound and the music is in your ear and just heightens the senses. And oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. That'd be, great. that'd be great. We come to this place for magic. We come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, to care. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim. And we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. What's up, Scuttlebutt Nation? This is Ro. I am getting ready to walk into my local AMC theater. As Tarkin would say, it will be a day long remembered. This is uh, the re-release date, August 26th of Rogue One, just in time to show us and tantalize us with 10 minutes of Andor, the Disney Plus series that we will be talking about come Saturdays, every Saturday after Andor on Scarif Live on YouTube. If you are not familiar, please check out our YouTube channel and subscribe. But I'm sitting here in the parking lot. We are getting ready to go in. Let's see what we will find. I'm going to try to interview some folks and some fans that have come a long way. Maybe not a long way because the parking lot is 
uh, pretty empty besides uh, my car. But um, our local theater is presenting Rogue One in IMAX, that glorious IMAX screen, and I'm going to be very excited. There's some people starting to walk in, and um, I'm going to start bothering people. So let's check out everybody's experience here at the local AMC Theater today, August 26th, re-release day for Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Hello there, Scuttle Buddies. This is Sith Care Bear Josh, and I am here in Linwood, Washington, with Adam, who has just finished watching the IMAX re-release of Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. How you doing, Adam? I'm great. How are you? Awesome, man. Thanks for, thanks for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Of course. So, first question. At the beginning, we got a little sneak peek into Andor. Yeah. What'd you think, man? Um, you know, we've seen trailers, and it looks great. It's looked different from the other shows that they've done, and uh, there's just a, a certain tone. It was like, what, five minutes of footage with Yeah, I would say roughly that, yeah. Just a certain tone, just a certain essence that is there that I haven't seen in any of the other shows. Oh, absolutely. It was dark, it was gritty, it was ominous, and even though we know how Cassian's story ends up, I was nervous. Yeah. Like, it, it felt very much a, I don't know what's going to happen just in these five minutes of there the show actually some legitimate stakes yeah right? there's yeah. there's stakes and I know that the show's going to be what 18 episodes for season one is that uh, what they said something like that I believe it's 13, 13 episodes but they've guaranteed two seasons I believe okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know oh no it was Daredevil that's 18 yeah. there's so many announcements recently. no worries um, but it just even five minutes and I can't wait yeah. for the three episode premiere excellent not, not to mention the film I'm sure helped hype you up even oh, more yeah. for it yeah, yeah. definitely alright well thank you um, so my next question mm-hmm. Rogue One yeah what sets it apart from the rest what makes this arguably one of the best Star Wars films of the franchise to date there's or always, would you even agree with that I, I would agree with that okay. um, there's always talks about oh this is a suicide mission oh we're never going to make it out oh there's stakes and what do you normally see? Those people make it out, and they go and do, and they succeed. Mm-hmm. Sure, they succeed in this movie, but no one makes it out. Yeah. And it just makes it that much more uh, painstakingly just important. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I saw Rogue One, premiere night, it... I was breathless. Like, it completely shocked me with how different, how gritty it felt. We hadn't seen anything like that in yeah. Star Wars, and it didn't play it safe. It didn't take like a, oh, this is what you want to see. It was, but in a way that like hurt in a good way because everything had stakes, everything mattered, and there wasn't necessarily a happy ending. Mm. And I think... Just made it more real. It made it more real. It made it more like... I don't know how to put it. It just that one hits a lot harder than anything else that they've done. No, I agree. And especially knowing what happens five minutes later with New Hope, it's so cool to see that setup. It's so cool to see, uh, you know, how did they get there? Because for 30, 40 years, no one had that answer. Mm-hmm. We had the old Legends books that explained stuff. And yeah. Cool, that worked. But now we get a true can- canonical answer that 
is just so much better than anything. It's yeah, it's been. powerful. Yeah, it it's absolutely powerful. is. It really, really is. And 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 it just to me, I feel like it adds a certain level of additional weight to a new hope. Yeah, you know, oh, I God, think it, yeah. it really, you know, no longer is the exhaust port a meme. Yeah. You know, this was something that was legitimate. There was a plan behind it. You it, know, it was, it was um, there was emotion there. Yeah. You know, and and it just, yeah, I, I really think it adds to it. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, Adam, thank you very much. Course, I really do appreciate it. May the force be with May you, the sir. Force be with you. This is Sith Care Bear Josh, and remember, you are listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Now let's throw it back to Roe. I hear he's got some more interviews from his trip to the theater, and that's the Scuttlebutt. So why'd you come to, to see Rogue One in the theater? Um, uh, first of all, huge Star Wars fan, uh, and then Andor is coming up, so sure. I know they're gonna do a re-release. Now I'm actually exciting, so of course I got the ticket the moment I heard of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what'd you think of the we we saw a uh, ten minute preview at the beginning of the movie? What'd you think? I missed it. Oh, that was. You had one job. Oh my god. <laughs> Absolutely. Were you here for the preview? Um, was not here for the preview. Okay. Everybody's yeah. missing the preview. What's going on? I don't know. Well, I usually, so I'm used to showing up to the movies, like, right as it starts, yeah. so. Maybe I can just buy another ticket and then watch it again. What is it about Star Wars that uh, brings you back to the big screen? Well, I mean, I'm, I always love movies on, on the big screen, and it's, that was how Star Wars started. I mean, recent years... We're doing. We're having more on on the show side, but you know, be, being able just being able to watch a Star Wars movie on a big screen again is just awesome. So, okay, I am here at Pembroke Pines, Florida AMC, and I'm here to talk to Cameron about the re-release of Rogue One. Um, I wanted to know uh, what compelled you to come and watch the re-release today. Um, part of the reason was the uh, the preview before the movie. Oh, okay. Honestly, that was part of the reason, but also the fact that um, I did not see it in IMAX the first time it was released. I only saw it once in the theater, and uh, my girlfriend only saw it once, so she wanted to see it before the show came back out, so that was part of the reason. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing for me. Um, what's your favorite, who was your favorite character in Rogue One? Um, initially, it was obviously K2SO. Um, <laughs> um, growing Going through watching the movie, probably it's it's Jin hands down, yeah. um, character arc, you know. And then uh, last question: What did you think of the Andor uh, sneak peek? I'm assuming you're obviously excited for it. Yeah, it was um, it was enough just to tease you. Um, the fact that you're getting three episodes, it was didn't spoil too much. It really just kind of gave you a little bit of a kind of set piece to let you know where you're kind of going to be starting out at, for the series. So I'm excited. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cameron. I really, really, really appreciate it. So um, hopefully uh, I'm going to give you some swag here. And I'm actually part of the Red 5 Network, so thank you so much again for the interview. Cool. Thank you. I think one of the things that they've done, at least recently, that's been really good is just put like start to expand things a little bit more and I think that's one of the cool things about Rogue One is that it's just like you know new characters you know with a mix of some people that we've seen before but you know new stories um, and I think that's going to be one of the cool things about Andor as well and um, 
yeah, and a lot of people have like really cool connections to it just from for me, like watching it with my mom when I was a kid, stuff like that. So I think it's a mix of those things that they've been able to do with the series. Excellent. You're looking forward to it then? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Should be good. Yeah. Excellent. What's your name? Joe. Joe. Thank yeah. you very much, Joe. Yeah, no problem. Take care. All right, thanks, man. All right, big thanks to Shanti and Sith Care Bear Josh for contributing to this episode. Hope you guys got a chance to head out to the theater. If not for Rogue One, make sure you support your local movie theater and check out another favorite. Let's get back to the discussion with Nick. Movies overall kind of affect all your senses. You've got sound and visual and and the emotion of, of everything. But I think horror really kind of steps it up a little bit when it comes to playing with your, your brain because your brain kind of fills in some of the things. I mean, you just uh, mentioned the dinosaurs coming out from the forest behind the screen. I think that is such a, an, um, an all-encompassing experience um, that plays into that. So I, I think that's great. Yeah. And it's funny when you say that with horror playing with your mind, it's like you watch a horror movie. And then if your door creaks, the first, your thought is like, wait, is he here? And you're like, Nope. Uh, a doll is not possessed by <laughs> a serial killer. That can't happen. A guy can't, you know, Jason's <laughs> not going to come through the door. Mike Myers not, but yet it's, it's still one of those things. Yeah. Even as an adult man, you're like, like wait a maybe could like, it but, be? but it could be that one time. Exactly. <laughs> You never know. You just never know. I got to say, I like the free flow of this. How do you feel, Ro? We're doing this without <laughs> notes, people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're having having a good time discussing uh, discussing this topic. Well, it's here, can I, can I flip a question on you two? Um, sure. So, so oh, my, my all-time favorite movie is Goodfellas. I got to see that with my, my kid brother in theaters that came out like right before the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. Now, have you guys got to see like either your favorite movie or like a top, you know, five, let's say in theaters from either a re-release or like when it was actually came out and, and you were there, like through its original theatrical run. Hmm. Good question. You know, the only thing that I can think of right now is um, there was a Star Trek promotional um, release of all six films um culminating to this you know the sixth film which is undiscovered country was when it first came out so they showed all five of them beforehand in an Mm -hmm. event and i i bought tickets to that we watched star trek one through five and then the premiere of six and it was an event called sit long and prosper and it was (laughs) awesome it was pretty cool you know i I got to watch uh one of my other favorite uh sequels of uh of sci-fi movies uh wrath of khan which was really really fantastic I guess it would have to be the first two Batman movies, the Tim Burton ones. Oh my God, I think like all of Tim Burton, like like Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, I haven't been able to watch any of those. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to do like a whole Tim Burton catalog and <laughs> just watch those in the theater because I might have been born, but I wasn't old enough to watch those movies. Like Edward Scissorhands, I remember vividly watching them on TV way too young that I... <laughs> Those are definitely some of my top ones. And I know like um, I think Batman Returns just recently celebrated an anniversary and I'm so upset. I, I, I missed the boat on that one. So I didn't get to see that one. Re-released oh, that one would have been fun to go see. I was I so th- pissed I think, off. Yeah, I didn't see that in theater, but we had all the toys for that. 
even though like when you watch that movie, you're like, wow, it's really not a kid's movie at all. But <laughs> but I also grew up with a dad who was young and would <laughs> put oh, he no. would record two movies on one VHS, rent them from mm-hmm. Blockbuster, record them and then bring them back. But he would never put two movies on the same VHS that made sense. So one mm-hmm. of them one time was like My Blue Heaven. <laughs> Very funny comedy, but then Child's Play 2 right after it. And I'm like, and I mean, Chucky was the one horror movie as a kid that just really scared me because I had a lot of toys. So I'm like, a toy coming to life and killing you is terrifying. And I'm like, why would you put like, he just, and I, I love my dad. And he was a big reason why I like movies because he'd always watch them with me. But I'm like, he would always put these random ones together on on a VHS. And I'm like, put ones on that make sense that's funny <laughs> yeah so double feature so yeah funny. i think i did a double feature just last year where i think i went to go see like frankenstein and dracula like oh, the original yeah. oh cool yeah that Very was nice. awesome see the only thing that sucks is because of when these movies are made because now you're you're switching it over to these large screens like when i watched wizard of oz and and you know gone with the wind i had to choose seats much closer because it's not widescreen it's like letterbox so like <laughs> so much of the sides are like cut off so keep that in mind people when you're gonna go watch classics just be prepared it's not gonna be widescreen so <laughs> sit closer that was the only thing that sucked was um l- let me let me dive into that because wasn't wizard of oz shot in cinemascope um I think so. I because if you saw it in in if you saw it um, cropped, then you should have gone to the manager and said, "What the hell, man?" Yeah, I don't remember. I know Gone with the Wind for sure was like that. Now I'm trying to remember if Wizard of Oz met that same fate. I don't. Mm. I've seen so many movies; it's like I can't even remember anymore. But that's a that's a stickler too. That's a stickler point for me um, when it comes to uh, I, I always tell my friends that uh, the pan and scan uh, version of anything is uh, is evil, and <laughs> don't don't buy it. Um, but you know, working working in the industry, I, I I kind of get a lot of questions all the time saying, "Well, why why aren't you watching a full screen version of a movie? What's up with these black bars at the top and the bottom?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, please get get away from me." It's too funny. Find it now, actually. MGM released nationwide so-called widescreen aspect version of this. So maybe I did see it in widescreen, but I know for sure, uh, Gone with the Wind was not like that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was cut. It, that's it. Really sucked. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't care. I, I was going to say, I guess the, they didn't give a damn at all. That's both a lame dad <laughs> and movie joke. <laughs> you know, I appreciate a good dad joke. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds good. So uh, you guys want to play a little game? Always. Oh, all right. I got the envelope right here. Let's get down to a little sentry mode. This is sentry mode. All right. We've got five questions. They are going to be um, thrown at you guys. Um, Whoever has the answer, just go ahead and blurt it out, and I will pick out who uh, gives me the right answer. Um, We're going to start with some easy ones, some softballs, as they say. Ready? Question, Question number one. What year did Star Wars come out? 1977. 1977. There you go. Good, good job, good job. All right. 
Um, what was question number two? What was the sound design system created by Lucasfilm that improved theater sound all across the country in 1983? What was that called? HX. Very good. Oh, I got it right. I always second guess myself. You know what? I just watched that ILM thing, and that's all I was thinking of. I'm like, wait a minute, though. I'm like, it's, it's not a sound. I haven't even watched it yet, Nick. Come on. Yeah. Oh. oh, good, good, good. Question number three. Um, and this one, this one was difficult to kind of pinpoint because every website I went to had a slightly different answer. But I just went back to historical records and the question is what was the year of the first movie shown in theaters is that birth of a nation see i didn't see that one there were okay there were, there were some I, I, movies I, even before that see i know that one like if you took the if every movie cost the same to go see that would technically be like the highest grossing movie of all time right, but, right. um dang what oh no, I was going to say The Great Train Robbery, but I'm just trying to think of now my film school. Yeah, was- so The Great the, the, the Train Robbery is um, was in there, but okay. like I said, it's, it's one of those things that, depending on what website you went to, they gave you kind of like a different answer, um, mm-hmm. both in... Um, in definition of a movie and how it was shown uh, mm-hmm. to, to the public um, or the actual, you know, it being a movie. Right. Um any guesses on the year? Uh, 19... 1908. <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. Oh, maybe. Uh, 19... Earlier. Na- oh, oh, 1895. <laughs> oh, very close. Damn. Oh, so close. 1893, a movie called Blacksmith Ooh. Scene. Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, I own that one. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> I was going to say, It's on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a little Nickelodeon box that I watch it on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very nice. All right, question number four, Century Mode. When did movie ratings uh, come to be? What year? Oh, and this is kind of confusing because we talk about this all the time during yeah, some yeah, of yeah. our other shows. So you mean like when a movie, like when the actual like PG type rating came out for movies? Right. right. Okay. When did okay. the MPAA? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like when did the M? Yeah, actually come into play. I'm gonna guess 1955. Shanti. I'm gonna go actually with maybe a little bit later. 1962. I'm just going to throw it here. Shanti was closer with 1962. It was 1968. Wow. Oh, wow. See, I thought it was earlier. No, it was really late. No, it was actually Hmm. really, really late. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question number five. And uh, whoever gets closest to this answer, um, I'll give you double the points. What is the cost of movie, popcorn, soda, and candy for a family of four in today's economy? Oh, I think it's like your birthright of your third or fourth <laughs> child at this point. Uh, An arm and a mm, leg. Okay, so let's see. So for a family of four, <laughs> thank God I'm good like at math. <laughs> Fifty. One, one million candy. dollars. No. <laughs> Uh, I've been. Oh, go ahead, Chanti. Do you want to blurt yours out first so I could price is right? I'm show? trying to think because I'm, I'm trying to. The thing is, is that I'm trying to account for kids, and they're not going to have as big of a, you know, an order. And maybe. Uh, and, and I picked um just medium size for for everything. Okay, 
So yeah. if it's a I'm medium, I'm gonna go okay. somewhere in the ballpark of because I'm basing it, ba you know, like just on what I pay for myself, and I sure. can easily spend twenty bucks on just myself, and that's just a hot dog, crunch, and a drink. So imagine. Sure. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with like sixty bucks for a family of four, and I'm gonna guess sixty-four. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. You so did a Price is Right. I did Price is Right. You did totally do a Price is Right. <laughs> and um, Nick is closer um, at 64 but um, I did the math, and it was $76. Holy sh Wow. Or popcorn, soda, and candy and for this family. Is why, or... This is why you sneak food in. <laughs> exactly. Oh and share so a popcorn. I, okay. So I'm not going to lie. I used to do that. I have snuck in McDonald's. I have literally snuck in Panera. <laughs> I have snuck in Panera, literally broccoli cheddar soup. Okay, I could <laughs> smell somebody's KFC once in a theater, but okay. So you don't live by me, but I've yep. done that before with KFC. Yep. After the pandemic, though, I started buying at the concession again, and that's, that's only because I, I just yeah. want to pump my money back into the theater. Sure. So I don't do that anymore. Actually, believe it or not. <laughs> No, so. I would wear cargo shorts with the big <laughs> pockets and sneak KFC sliders in all the time. See? That's the benefit of being a chick. I got purses this freaking big. <laughs> there were one time in, um, I forgot what movie we went to go see. We were waiting outside in the theater here in Chicago, mm -hmm. and it was really cold. Um, there was an Arby's next door, and we hadn't eaten yet. So we bought um, six uh, roast beef sandwiches and oh, put them nice. under our arms, and they kept us warm in line while we waited to get into the theater. <laughs> and um, that was our dinner. Yeah, the only thing I would have to buy is the drink because it's the right. one thing that I wouldn't yeah. be able to sneak in. So, excellent. <laughs> so yeah. terrible. Yeah, I used to go up to a theater in Evanston. I didn't live mm -hmm. in Evanston, but Ro, you probably know. I don't know if you've ever lived in the city, but I I used to live uh, on the off the red line where I could dr ride down to, towards Evanston, and there was a Taco Bell over by their movie theater, their AMC over there. So I would just mm -hmm. go grab Taco Bell, put it in my pockets, go in and buy a drink. Because I was like, yeah. okay, I'll at least get a soda from you guys. But yeah, the, <laughs> the the waft of like whatever fast food you have. And you're like, right. oh, God, I hope no one uh, <laughs> wants to snitch I on know. me for this. Because it's pretty That's obvious true. I'm not eating popcorn. Why does this guy smell like an Enchirito? Yeah. And you can totally <laughs> smell it when someone else is doing it. I'm like, oh, somebody snuck this in. <laughs> right. Well, I have respect for that person. And I'm like, good for you, man. That's too funny. Well, guys, thank you very much for uh, playing Sentry Mode, our uh, movie theater edition. This is Sentry Mode. With some great questions. Thank you. So, yeah, it was good guesses, too. You guys got close yeah. to, to some of those. Nick, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Quick Cuts. Shanti, thank you so much for bringing a, a new friend into the podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, Nick, uh, thank you so, so much. Yeah, we definitely have uh, become good friends. And, you know, this is why I can't knock Twitter that much because I wouldn't have met Nick without Twitter. I wouldn't have met you without Twitter. So. I wouldn't have met uh, Brad, our other co-host. It's true. Uh, so, yeah. You know. Yeah, and no, you guys, were, you guys were great. So thank you for having me on. This was a lot yeah, of fun. no problem. Absolutely. You know, mom says never trust, uh, never make uh, friends on the internet. What does she know? Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So um, let's uh, quickly tell folks where people can find you, Nick, and uh, where they can follow you just to say hello. Yeah. So I'm on Twitter at, at M underscore Nick 89 and just a big movie buff. And like I said, sports and 
looking to start my own podcast. So uh, that's something in the works for me right now. We'll see. It's very, it's very original. It's a movie podcast. I know there's not many of them, but <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, you are you are welcomed here at the Citadel uh, anytime here at Scarif. So whenever you want to come by, if you have a topic. Uh, that you want to, you know, do a little practice uh, podcast for with us, uh, yeah. more than welcome. Great. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So welcome. Shanti, where can folks find you? And uh, what do we got next time? All right. So you can find me at both on both Instagram and Twitter at either Selena Kyle 29 or, of course, at Scarif um, After Dark. Uh, I am going to make the announcement right now that I will be taking a little bit of a break, but I will be back in time for Andor because the hell if I'm going to miss reviewing Andor I'm super excited for that but yeah just need a little bit of break need to reset and um, hopefully within that time I will be uh, arranging some new topics for Scarif After Dark but I do have a pre-recorded episode that will be dropping on this Saturday at 9.30 Eastern and it'll be about cosplay not just for Comic Cons and that I will have uh, Josh back as my my guest because no one wanted to touch this subject with a 10-foot pole. That's what she said. <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess uh, by the time this episode airs, that uh, Scarf After Dark would have aired as well? Yes, yes. So that'll already so, <laughs> Perfect, perfect. But uh, if you hadn't uh, listened to it, go check it out. Go find Shanti at Scarf After Dark. Follow her on the socials. And uh, follow the rest of the Red 5 Network at red5network.com or visit bio.link slash red5. Don't forget. If you guys have a quick cut topics, uh, drop us a, uh, a direct message or give us a call on the Scare Scuttlebutt hotline. That's 773-234-8659. Operators are standing by. Yame, ya, as they say. Don't forget to leave the guys a voicemail for a chance to be included in the discussion. Let them know what's on your mind. Call 773-234-8659. And that's the Scuttlebutt.